Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Do you really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. We've got work to do. Jeremy, I know you love that one. Yeah, we are living around the chain of fools. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why I chose it. Uh, it has to do with uh, one of the videos we're going to watch tonight. But before we get to the chain of fools, I had a little conversation with, as I like to call him, Todd the Honey Guy. Um, and so <laughs> this is, and this is so this is a guy that's running the uh, make honey great again dot com. So let's listen to this little snippet uh, of our conversation. Get, just giving you a background of how the honey got started, how this whole thing came about and what he's got set for future projects. All right, Jen, hold on before you start. Okay. Is this an attempt to try to try to sweeten us up prior to our ultimate fiery destruction? <sighs> yes. I thought I'd start with something a little lighthearted before we went down the uh, rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, we do laugh so that we don't cry. So let's do this. Okay. All right. Welcome to the Fusion Cell. I have Todd with me from MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. Todd, welcome to our Jennifer, show. Jennifer, how are you? Good to see you. You too. Um, so thank you very much for allowing us to be part of your honey movement. Um, you gave us a code, J6 Green Beret, and we can plug that in and gets a little bit of money going to Jeremy for his legal fund. So we really right. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to be part of it and uh, it's helping a lot of people out there. So uh, I heard Jeremy's story the other day from Tim Rivers of the, you know, the American Gulag Park, and uh, it's just atrocious along with a lot of other stories, but yeah, we're just, yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's been quite a battle, but as Jeremy said before, if we haven't achieved victory, then we are not done. So, right. so how did you get started doing this? Where does, where's the honey come from? How did you, what, did, how did it, uh, the concept come to put Donald Trump's face on it? What happened? Well, um, I've been with him since 2015. I hosted him for actually an event at Kiwa Island in 2016. I've been to the national prayer breakfast, uh, with him the first two years of his presidency. So we're a big fans of his and we just wanted to do something different. You know, there's a million of these hats and t-shirts and bobbleheads out there. And uh, my business partner is an artist, and he drew the picture. I've got one in my hands here of uh, of the bottle. Um, 
and we wanted something different. And my friend of mine is a 30 year long beekeeper here in South Carolina. He has 11,000 hives. Um, he's a county councilman in his county. And we just got talking one day when I was helping him do some fundraising for his race on doing something else. And now it just happened, Jennifer. Um, we got the bottle produced. Um, it's creating a lot of jobs. You know, it's all done right here in South Carolina. It's in a county of only 38,000 people and 80% of them live below the poverty level. So he's hiring as many people as he wants, as he can. Um, this isn't Coca-Cola where they come down through conveyor. It's all done by hand and it's just, it's pure raw honey. And, you know, we've been blessed to travel the country with it. Um, I do the reawaken tour and that's where I met Sarah Maccabee and, and, uh, and Ashley's mom, Ashley Babbitt's mom. And we do a lot of things with them and it just keeps growing. Um, we heard Jeremy's story, um, and we wanted to get involved and we donate the majority of our profits, uh, to this, to these different causes. Um, you know, we're with, and I'm not trying to name drop, but we're with General Flynn. We recently got asked to be part of Mike Lindell's group at my store. We just got the contract last Thursday. Congratulations. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Um, RSBN reached out to me and said, we want you in our portfolio, um, we're at the Trump rallies. In fact, what's really exciting, it's an 80% chance we're going to be in Miami. He'll be there on November 8th. And the money's going to go to um, Sarah Maccabee's group and that group. And then the rest of the money is going to go to uh, Tim Rivers. And, you know, the Christmas time is coming. And these yeah. kids need, you know, there's 68 kids that they've taken in of J6ers that mm-hmm. need a Christmas. So when we're down here in Miami, a lot of this money is going to go to them to so they can have a Christmas. So. Uh, we've got U.S. congressmen that are using us for fundraising. It's just pretty cool. Um, and we've, you know, we've had orders already come in for Jeremy when people hit that code. Um, and, and look, it all adds up. Um, it, it's just a, and it's a great Christmas present, among other things. So that's a really good point. It is a good uh, Christmas present. Great stocking stuffer. 16 ounces of pure raw honey. Right. So. I mean, that sounds great. I, we keep trying to put uh, little promos into the podcast and try to think of different ways to talk about the sweetness of the honey or what you could use honey on. And um, right. yeah, it's it's a really great product. Have you ever considered doing a honeycomb? Because I know I put that on my char- uh, charcuterie board every year. Yeah. Now, you know, Jennifer, we've been blessed to be very busy with this. And people ask us about, you know, uh, beeswax, lipstick, like make lips great again, different stuff like that. But <clears throat> It's keeping everybody busy in the bee world, and and we're going to be traveling even more and more. I was in Arkansas last weekend in Hot Springs, Arkansas, for the uh, the veterans and first responders, and um, uh, it's we're just getting asked to go a lot of different places and help, which is mm-hmm. great. It's uh, you know what, what I look at this, uh, Jennifer, is that I just want to get one percent of those eighty-one million people that voted for him in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and we're going to raise $4 million doing that, you know, for different groups. And, you know, uh, we do a lot of speaking around the country and we talk about election, you know, they talk about election integrity. It's not election integrity, it's election reform because we need to reform these elections. So they have integrity because they don't. And we're working with Mike Lindell. We've sent money legal. Uh, Mark Fincham out in Arizona has got some of the money. Uh, Dr. Frank, which is um, he's a stat guy for, for Mike Lindell. Um, we need to get him in. You've heard him comment. You know, we did the CNN interview. He's going to pardon most of these people. Um, and and uh, reparations are coming for the ones that deserve reparations. Um, 
but we've got to get him in and, and there's things being done to uh, rectify this election moving forward. All right. So that's about half of our conversation. So I will put that up on rumble so that we can uh, listen so that you can listen to the rest of that later. Um, Jeremy and I want to go down a, a rabbit hole tonight and we're going to start with the whistleblower test testimony that was in Congress. This is a five minute video involving uh, Matt Gates. You've got Jim Jordan in there. Whoa, 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 oh. whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Back it up. You don't just get to jump. You don't just get to jump right away from Todd <laughs> uh, the Honey Guy into all the upsetting news without allowing Sorry. me to comment on, first of all, who knew Jen was the interviewer? Whoa, what happened there? She's like all professional and stuff. I'm gonna have to fire her. Um, but and and also that is a very professional tease to get them to go and watch the rest of the interview. What have you been doing while I've been in jail? <laughs> have you been coming a full fledged member of the mainstream media out there? You know, Man, every you know what hit hit the soundboard because you deserve a round of applause <laughs> for that high-level production that we were just uh yes 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 <laughs> take a bow jen take a bow you better be bound i can't see you but I everybody's gonna tell me whether or not you bowed yes okay well that was excellent jen very proud of you thank you um, I actually have yeah, a. We should give you a job as the host of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually done a couple interviews in the last couple days that are being edited, um, as we speak. Uh, one of those is with well, Bobby Powell, and then I've got another one with David uh, Blownbutt, who is a uh, FBI whistleblower as well. So we'll get to those later. Well, I will tell you. Three days ago, I had no idea what Trump honey was, make a honey great again or anything. But now after hearing your excellent interview with Todd, man, that guy sounds pretty amazing. And so uh, regardless cool. of what the bottle looks like, whether it's Trump or, 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 you know, whatever, maybe we should make special agent Katie Hill honey uh, bottles <laughs> and sell those. Um, but I want $10 from those you Give bottles. those away. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. A bunch of weirdos might buy all of them. <laughs> um, but uh, he sounds like a really squared away guy, and uh, it sounds like he's got his heart in the right place. So, uh, so Mr. Todd, hopefully someday we can uh, get together and shake your hand and thank you for uh, getting involved with uh, Max and, uh, of course, Mickey. Uh, and all the J6ers, and of course, you know, just the idea of, you know, trying to fix this country because, like, you know, like we always say, don't do nothing, and you're certainly exceeding uh, that uh, bare minimum standard. So uh, I think, uh, I mean, I have, look, I wish I could order a bottle right now for myself. Just for me. So, um, so good job, Jen. I'm glad that you did that. You know, he's, He's actually putting together a large rally January 6th in Punta Gorda. He wants it to be the biggest rally going on at the time, at least. So I plan on going and uh, hopefully can bring your cut out, Jeremy, and 
inform some people who don't already know about you uh, what's going on. So wow, you know, Jen, I'm I'm kind of hurt. Um, you're setting the bar really, really low because I'm planning on being there <laughs> by January sixth. I'm playing. I'm I am uh, manifesting that something miraculous or just legally sane happens between now and January 6th of 2024 to where I could be out and free and on my daughter's 21st birthday be in Punagora to uh, meet Mr. Todd myself. So That's all free on that. There, there's, your, there's your manifestation goal for the, uh, for the week. Okay. I like it. That's a great goal to have. All right, I'm now let me call. Let me call back, and then you can get into all this bad news. It's going to make me mad, and I'm kind of going to yell. And then tips that are very well appreciated and excellent tips, but sometimes I just can't control myself. So uh, let me call back, and then I'll go. Okay. The caller has hung up. So yeah, I had a great conversation with uh, Todd. And I'm going to post that on Rumble so you guys can watch the rest of that later. That was about halfway. Um, but really looking forward to this event in Punta Gorda, January 6th. If you guys can make it, please be there. I would love to see you. That would be really cool, actually. We have like a meetup at this uh, at this rally. So please feel free. Tonight, we are going to go down the rabbit hole with some disturbing news and updates which I'm sure you're not surprised about because that's the direction that we're heading. But if, you know, this appeal goes the way that we all hope it would and uh, Jeremy gets out of jail, that would be the best news of the year. Right. So I, w I would love for him to be there. Unknown caller. Unknown caller. I know exactly who's calling. At Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free call, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right. I'm back. Okay, cool. Okay, so this, uh, we're going down the rabbit hole. I'm going to play a a snippet from Congress. This is going to be a uh, back and forth question and answer between uh, Matt Gates and I already forgot his last name, but we'll see it on his placard in just one second. Okay. Yielding, but for her extensive work on these issues, not only during our hearings, but during the many depositions we've taken to develop evidence and to bring it forward for the majority, the minority, and all of the country. And Did you I give us those that she, evidence? I know that if uh, the gentlelady from are you going to give us that evidence was uh, able to speak, that uh, she'd she'd certainly she'd certainly be eager to do so. Mr. Allen, we just heard, uh, astonishingly heard a Democrat on this committee question your allegiance to the United States. How many tours in Iraq did you do? I did two tours in Iraq, sir. And, and for how many decades have you held a security clearance? Uh, for two decades, sir. Ever been called into question before? No, sir. 
And, and you also received the Employee of the Year Award for the Charlotte Field Office, is that right? That is correct, sir. Did you receive any medals during your service for the Marine Corps and the United States Navy? I did, sir. As a member of the Marine Corps, I received two, uh, a Navy Commendation Medal and a Navy Achievement Medal. Seems to me your allegiance to the United States is pretty well established over multiple decades, wearing the uniform, fighting for our country, and I am proud that you continue to fight for our country as a whistleblower here, making a disclosure to the United States Congress. Uh, and Mr. Allen, is it your belief that you were retaliated against because you shared an email that questioned the truthfulness of FBI Director Christopher Wray? Yes, sir. And you believed that he wasn't truthful based on testimony he'd given to the United States Senate, isn't that right? Yes, sir. And in that testimony to the Senate, you believe that Christopher Wray indicated that there were no confidential informants and no uh, FBI assets that were present at the Capitol on January 6th that were part of the violent riot. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Please play the video. We're, we're now going to hear from George Hill, who worked at the Boston field office. The SSA in Boston said they were going to a political rally, which is First Amendment protected activity. No, we're not uploading. We're not starting cases with these people. To which they said, well, we're going to call your SAC. And the SSA said, right ahead. Because when you're pushing back, you know, you want to make sure that you have your, your six covered. So the SAC and the ASAC were intimately aware of these kinds of exchanges that were going on. And again, to his credit, um, Joe Bonavolanta said, no, we're not opening up cases on people who went to a rally. And I forgot a key part. The SSA for CT2 said, happy to do it. Show us where they were inside the Capitol and we'll look into it. To which WFO said, we can't show you those videos unless you can tell us the exact time and place those individuals were inside the Capitol, to which the SSA responded back. And I was privy to these conversations firsthand. Why can't you show us? Why can't you just send us, give us access to the 11,000 hours of video of this exam that's available? Because there may be, may be UCs, undercover officers, or CHS's confidential human, or confidential human sources on those videos whose identity we need to protect. So Mr. Allen, you got retaliated against for the very thing, for saying the very thing that the Washington field office was telling Boston when the Boston field office was saying, we're not going to go and investigate people that just showed up at a rally without sufficient criminal predicate. Uh, the, the Washington field office told Boston, well, you know what? We can't give you the evidence because it might disclose the very CIs and UCs that you are concerned about. But that doesn't surprise you, Mr. O'Boyle, does it? No, sir. And the reason it doesn't surprise you is that in a different part of the country, you saw that same pressure from the Washington field office. And did they ever try to get you to do something that was outside the normal order of law enforcement activity? Yes, sir. And what did the Washington field office try to get you to do that violated the law and regulations? They tried to get me to serve a federal grand jury subpoena when there was no proper predicate to do so. And the reason there was no predicate was because it was based on an anonymous tip, right? That's correct. And time and again, the Washington field office was trying to pressure you without corroboration to go start process on people. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. 
And so while I agree that January 6th was a violent day, a bad day, a day that nobody wants to relive, violence on January 6th doesn't justify weaponizing the government against people who were innocent and did nothing wrong. Thank you for blowing the whistle on that. I yield back. Hold on. I'm writing down my last note. Okay. Uh, actually, Jen, um, do you have easily queued up the uh, video that you played last night? Mm, which one was that? Of me and all oh. the violence. Um, oh, I, don't yeah. Yeah. I can get that very quickly. Just one second. All right. Man. Just had to go and do it, didn't you? <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll do oh, Allen. Oops, sorry. I found it. <laughs> sorry about it that. Mr. Allen, is that his name? Yes. Yeah, that was one of them. And then the other okay. one, I believe, uh, started with an O. I can go back. But Mr. Allen's the one that served in the Marine Corps and apparently has served a considerable amount of time with the FBI as well. Is that what I was hearing? I was having yes. trouble hearing, so just confirming before I start to rip into. Um, so apparently it's going to be, uh, for this first tirade, it's going to be elected Democrats. You know, they love to degrade the service of men who actually serve. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the most disgusting thing that I ever hear in my entire life. Well, I hear a lot of disgusting things, but one of I'm not going to say the most because I, I, I need to categorize this. But one of the most disgusting things that I hear in my life is when a politician refers to themselves as a servant to the American people. It makes me want to freaking vomit on them because see there's no service tied to congress okay and whether it's republican or democrat okay that's not service you know why because there's no danger you're making more money than everybody that you tell you're serving okay you're not serving crap Right. What you're doing is you're up there uh, being part of Hollywood for the ugly. And so for a politician, no matter what party, but I'm going to target in on the Democrats because it's the Democrats that love to do this the most. Because, you know, I've never heard a Republican politician ever have a member of the military or law enforcement who gets up there and besmirches their service. Because, see, they actually do serve, right? Like, they literally swear an oath, they strap a gun on their side, they put a badge or a name tape or a helmet or whatever, and they go out into the world and actually serve because what they're doing, uh, they're doing for mostly people that make more money than they do and have a way lower chance of dying in the line of that duty than they do, okay? That's what service is, all right? So I've never heard a Republican have somebody up there and just talk down to them and just brush off their actual service. But yet Democrats love to do it. They love to question a 
member of the military or law enforcement's love of their country. We know this because look at how many veterans and former law enforcement officers are part of the whole January 6th taxi operation. Why? Because the Democrats hate law enforcement and they hate the military. Why? Because law enforcement and the military love the country. They, they might do the wrong thing sometimes. You know, soldiers do bad things and law enforcement officers will not uphold their oath, but it's not usually malicious intent behind it. It's usually just ignorance. I mean, most soldiers and most cops don't know what the Constitution says, and yet they've sworn to uphold it with their life. If they were to know it, they would do exactly what Mr. Allen has done, which is throw the bullshit flag. But it disgusts me when a member of the Democrat Party sits in their big high chairs. And this is really one of the main reasons I want to testify in Congress secretly. I'm going to let you all know because apparently the Republicans are never going to put me in the front of Congress. But one of my secret reasons that I wasn't going to tell anybody until I was sitting in that seat is because I'm going to lay into them like they've never been laid into before by a witness. Because you know what? Jeremy doesn't give a beat. And you can fill in the blank underneath that beat. Because they disgust me. As you heard Mr. Allen, who has served his country bravely and honorably, has been awarded for that service for decades, awarded so much, and was so trusted by this country that he was awarded a security clearance, and yet they get up there and treat him like he's just some kind of MAGA extremist because he said, uh, hey, um, I think Christopher Ray is lying. Because everyone knows Christopher Ray is lying. Even Christopher Ray knows he's lying, which is why he's trying to run off and get on the taxpayer paid for a private jet to go on his vacation because even he doesn't believe his own lies. I'm playing the video ah. while you're talking, just FYI. I have more love of country than any elected Democrat in the United States. Hell, I might have more love of country than all of them combined. I, I, I would have any elected Democrat challenge to put my resume for what I've done uh, for this country up against theirs any day of the week. I'll give them all my legal defense fund if they beat me. I will, I'll plead guilty to every charge of the DOJ and type up on their little computer. If there's one elected Democrat out there that has a resume that proves that they love America more than I do, that challenge is out there. And hell, I'll even throw in the rest of the special operations community. If you can find one elected Democrat that loves this country more than one single special operator out there in the entire world, they can even be Navy SEALs. I don't care. They could have washed out at SFAS. I'll give them all my money. They can charge me with whatever they want, and I will plead guilty, sign their NDAs, and I'll never say another bad thing about them ever, ever again. The challenge is out there. Jim, chalk it up. 
to the next, to right next to the billion dollar challenge for men that can get pregnant. Now, the next thing that he talked about was confidential human sources. Mm-hmm. Notice that confidential human sources always the great robot. Always the one thing like you're about to cross the finish line of victory and boom, confidential human sources, a big sign with confidential human sources pops up in front of you. Why are they so afraid of Americans learning about their use of confidential confidential human sources? Let me assure you, they're not worried about the safety of the confidential human sources because they use the confidential human source or actually a confidential informant, a jailhouse case, and they care so little about this professional career criminal that they mentioned his name in open court in the transcript. You can look it up right now for yourself. That guy, if that transcript is read, anyone in prison will likely be dead in 48 hours. But they don't care. That has nothing to do with the safety of the confidential human sources. I'll tell you what it has to do with when I call back. Got it. The caller has hung up. So we're just going to keep watching this on the screen while he speaks so that we can watch the whole video. uh, Because I actually haven't seen it either. And it's good to see. I'd like to hear what's going on right now also. but what I'm going to do is download it from YouTube and put it on Rumble so that you can have, uh, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. It'll be easier if it's on the Rumble channel. And that was also a suggestion from Goodbye Annie. So thank you very much for that. Be easy to access for the audience. So my question right now would be, are they, let's hear. Okay. Well, my question right right now would be, I'm wondering if they're saying back, 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 giving them a notice to disperse. Um, that would definitely be a question for Jeremy. But at the same time that Jeremy was getting upset individual at Citrus County, Florida. about Chris Ray lying to Congress, it will be recorded and so were these FBI if whistleblowers. This should be a private call. Please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number to accept this free call. Press 1 to refuse this free call. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So let's get in our uh, our Wayne's World, <clears throat> Wayne and Garth time machine, right? And let's get back. Revolutionary time, right? Let's go back to the time frame where we had the Declaration of Independence and then we had the ratification of the Constitution. Are you ready? All right, now we're back in revolutionary America. Do you know that the Constitution doesn't talk about law enforcement, police, FBI? No, it talks about armies militias. When we went through our little expose of the Federalist 26 through 29, Alexander Hamilton wrote about the standing armies being used by the federal government for 
the militias of the state being used to quell insurrections or problems. You see, there wasn't really this concept of law enforcement like we have it now, right? Troops were used to quell outbreaks of crime, and I'm sure that there was some form of constable or sheriff or whatever as well, but nothing like what we have now, right? So in essence, what you've heard me say a lot is that we have basically the military, industrial, and the intelligence community complex, right? And I didn't create that. I mean, that was like the Eisenhower that said the military, industrial complex, right? And see, law enforcement is part of that military, industrial complex and intelligence community complex, right? So I've been thinking a lot lately because people have asked me the right things about the constitutional violations as part of my case. And I used to say that the government has violated every amendment of the of my Bill of Rights with the exception of the Third and the Seventh Amendment. But you know what? As I reread the Third Amendment, I think the government might be violating it. So let me reread it for you right now. No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. And so I always thought, yeah, well, we don't have soldiers in our houses. But then I started to think, well, what were soldiers in our houses? Like, what did the British do? Why did the British put soldiers in the houses of the colonists and, you know, the you know, Americans, right? Well, it was to spy on them. It was to uh, augment their logistical supplies, right? But it was mainly to spy on them, to keep them in line. The British government would force their soldiers to live with colonists and Americans. Well, if they did that to spy on them, then isn't that kind of like the use of American citizens to spy by the government? I mean, the reality is that uh, if I have an asset that gets caught by the enemy and he finds out that he's working for me in the Army Green Beret, well, he's pretty much going to get the same treatment as they would give me the Army Green Beret. But it's so facto, he's pretty much an Army Green Beret, right? I mean, there is actual legal principle that those acting on behalf of law enforcement are therefore bound by the requirements of law enforcement. So wouldn't confidential human sources, paid informants, in violation of your Fourth Amendment right to not be subject through unreasonable search and seizure, wouldn't that be the equivalent of them putting soldiers in your houses, spying on you, hiring your family members, hiring your friends, hiring your neighbors with the intent to violate your rights? I think there could be a legal argument that the use of confidential human sources is not only a violation of your Fourth Amendment and your Fifth Amendment, because see, these confidential human sources working on behalf of law enforcement will never Mirandize you. 
meaning they're never going to tell you, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to watch the game today. Hey, before the game starts, I want to remind you that anything you say can and will be used against you and that you have an, a, right, a right to an attorney. And if you can't afford one, then one will be provided to you. But hey, uh, where's that cheese yet? No, they don't do that. And yet, they get paid by law enforcement, they get trained by law enforcement, and then they come into your house and they act like your friend or they act like your cousin or they act like your girlfriend or they act like your friendly neighbor who just needs some, uh, some Make America Great Honey. And then they report back to federal law enforcement. And see, when anyone mentions these these mythical, magical things, these confidential human sources, what is always the answer? Oh, well, we can't reveal our sources and methods. Well, why not? Is a law enforcement agency allowed to have secretive methods to enforce the law? Now, operational secrecy is a totally different thing. OBSEC does protect operations, right? But a method, a standard operating procedure of law enforcement, no, I don't think that should be classified. Now, special forces, Delta Force, if they existed, uh, Navy SEALs, MARSOC, or the Marine Corps Raiders, yeah, they absolutely should have secrecy because they don't have to worry about the constitutional rights of who they're going against. They're going against foreign enemies of the United States. But law enforcement does have that pesky constitution that they have to deal with. And so the sources and methods that the FBI is referring to is the military employment of spies against American citizens who have not had warrants taken out against them because, see, remember, the Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Well, that's exactly what a confidential human source does. They violate your person. They violate your houses. They violate your papers and your effects by unreasonably searching for information to give them back to their handlers, and yet there's no there's no warrant been taken out against you. There's no probable cause of a crime. They just simply pay some, in most cases, former criminal. A some guy who already is in trouble with them, they extort them to illegally spy on law-abiding citizens without a warrant, a violation of the Fourth Amendment. And so the reason they don't want you to know that this is what they're doing, and I'm telling you that this is what they're doing. Yes. I worked in the office, the Special Activities Branch, the J3X, had policy oversight of these types of operations tactics, the schooling, how it's paid for, how we cover it up. In fact, they panicked one time because 
the New York Times ran an article that simply mentioned the term ASO, Advanced Special Operations. They, they panicked. They literally considered it spillage. That's how secretive these tactics are. And now we get to be told on a daily basis how secretive they are because the FBI refuses to reveal anything about confidential human sources, even in my case of this very day. The FBI and the DOJ have all the confidential human source information in Washington, D.C., and they will only allow my attorney to travel to Washington, D.C. to view it, which is a clear violation of my Sixth Amendment right to examine the nature and cause of the accusations and to be able to see the evidence, to be able to confront my accusers. They don't care. Why? Because of their sources and methods. And why are the confidential human sources so precious to January 6th? Well, because the, the use of confidential human sources, the extent of the use, and who was being used, and who was using the confidential human sources, see, that's the secret decoder ring that will reveal everything that you need to know about the January 6th cover-up of the January 6th military coup against the sitting president of the United States. That's the reality. See, if they allow the use, if they allow you to learn the true extent of the use of confidential human sources, confidential informants, undercover agents, undercover private military company contractors, the use of Department of Defense assets against American citizens, the use of not only Department of Defense assets, but special mission unit assets that all under the direct command and control of the National Command Authority, which is pretty much the direct line of, in the chain of command, comes from the Secretary of Defense President of the United States and a couple other knuckleheads. That's the chain of command for Tier 1 units, the Special Mission Units. And if they were in any way involved in January 6th for anything other than the idea that we might have some Hamas terrorists there, right? That would only that would be the only legal justification to employ and to deploy Department of Defense assets in a civil law enforcement matter. We'll see if that information gets out and it's going to get out it will. their entire narrative yes their entire plot their entire cover-up reveal will reveal that january 6th was way worse than the sense direction january 6th was our enemies foreign and domestic working together to create an event used 
to target those Americans who most love America, the American patriots, the liberty movement, or as they like to call extreme MAGA, extremist, ultra MAGA, blah, 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 right? It's like a little commercial that plays on the radio here. It's called Uncle Odin. He says, man, if we could only ask this AI, well, what's so great? What's so wrong with wanting to make America great again? What what makes that such a bad thing, right? I mean, what leftist group have you ever heard running around and their chants are, we want to make America better or America rocks or have you ever heard USA, USA at any leftist rally? No, because they're anti-American. And so therefore the leftists in charge of this country you have one who, have been left. Funded, who have been funded by foreigners, who have been funded and equipped and resourced by foreign entities who hate America are the very individuals who orchestrated this military coup to overthrow America. And then the last point is the violence on January 6th was mostly done by the Capitol Police. And I know you can't see all of that in that clip that didn't have, but I have much longer clips that show the lead up to that moment and how all that pushing and shoving and launching of grenades and pepper balls and flashbangs started. You can see we didn't have flashbangs. We didn't have pepper ball guns or batons. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. Something that Bobby Powell says in the interview that I had with him um, was that he witnessed with his own eyes Capitol Police officers striking protesters without any, um, what's the word? I can't think of the word right now, but there was no reason to strike them in that manner. Um, this is a good time. I just want to put this in here. The Sun came out with an article in October of 2021. Google Snoop. U.S. government orders Google to track users who search certain terms, sparking fears innocent people will be targeted. So this is going right into what Jeremy's talking about, overstepping their bounds, violating the rights, our rights. Federal investigators are pursuing so-called keyword warrants and getting Google to provide information based on anyone who searched a victim's name or their address during a particular year. Unknown caller. Jeremy. Uh, according to a court document that was mistakenly unsealed in September, but it goes farther. This call is not private. It will be recorded and maybe monitored. And you know that this will be used in a nefarious manner. Follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free call. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. I hate when that lady cuts me off. No, what I was saying is, one of the reasons they are trying so desperately to prevent me from having access to anything is because, see, I can go through this video. I can go through other people's videos. I can point out things to you that I know 
that you don't know, that they know I know, and it all makes sense. See, they don't want you to see the full two hour or two and a half hour version of that body worn camera footage of me. Because, see, just a few minutes before that, you're going to see the cops all standing around and Trump supporters coming up and having nice conversations with them and saying, hey, we support you guys. You're going to see no violence. You're just going to see people meandering around. Now, this is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Remember, the Capitol, according to Democrats and compromised Republicans, was practically on fire. I mean, there's literally piles of dead Capitol police officers that uh, little female uh, officers are having to stack on and set on fire in order to make room for the other bodies, according to their narrative. But the reality is that that wasn't happening at all. So the violence in the clip that you see of me is initiated by the police, which is why, as I think Eileen told me, she's like, oh, you look so calm. Well, I'm calm because what is there to be all worked up about? We're not there being violent. The police started being violent against us, and I know that all they have is non-lethal weapons that they're allowed to use. Of course, at that time, I didn't know about Ashley Babbitt. So, hell, if I would have known that Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the murderer, was in the crowd, I might have been a little bit more worked up. But all the violence was at the hands of law enforcement. All the deaths were at the hands of law enforcement. And if you watch the clip that Jen has, the full clip, there's a portion where one of the body cams catches a segment of bloody marble that is about the size, it's probably a three-foot radius puddle of blood. And you want to know what? It didn't come from no law enforcement officer. It came from an American citizen that was there to have their grievances redressed. They were there to peacefully assemble. At the direction of the sitting commander-in-chief of the United States military, the current city president of the United States who knew that there were permitted events scheduled at the Capitol, which is why he directed everyone to go there, because it was the next phase of the rally. But see, no one wants to talk about that. No one wants to mention the permits and nobody, my girlfriend sent me some photographs of the actual schedule of events, the map that people are going to follow through the Capitol, through the schedule of this. I think the Gateway Pundit, I think, posted it. But see, nobody likes to talk about that. Nobody wants to ask the question as to if a confidential human source heard this Jeremy Brown guy in November talking to all the Oath Keepers that are currently in prison for seditious conspiracy. But yet, he didn't mention anything about seditious conspiracy. He only mentioned that globalists and Chinese that had compromised the U.S. government 
we're going to be hunting them down soon. And then those agents come to Jeremy, but instead of questioning him about the content of his briefing to the Oath Keepers, they instead pitch the idea of, hey, maybe you could tell us if they're going to do anything. Nobody sees that oddity in that. Nobody sees, like, how weird that is. Maybe that's why nobody wants the confidential human source information on just me alone to be exposed. They certainly don't want me to see it. It's almost like they know I'm going to talk about it. It's almost like they don't want me to talk about it. They put it all under a protective order thinking that maybe he'll actually follow the protective order. But then when I violate the protective order, they do nothing because they know that I'll then just file a motion and challenge someone on appeal that their protective orders are unconstitutional. Because they, I don't care. And they know I don't care. And they know that I know what they're doing. And that's why not Jeremy Brown sitting in front of Congress, because, again, it would be much more exciting if it was me. There would be a lot. C-SPAN would have to wheel out their bleep machine. But an FBI agent said, I don't know Mr. Allen. He probably doesn't know me. And yet he's basically explaining the exact same thing. This 20-year military vet decorated, held a security clearance, is confirming from inside the criminal organization what some washed-up, overweight, hair-too-long Green Beret was saying from the outside of the criminal organization. At what point is America going to wake up and say, Holy cow, the people with the nuclear codes might actually be working on behalf of the bad guys. Uh, Jeremy, where do we go from here? The age-old question. <laughs> Let's go back and talking about Todd Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to 1995. <laughs> and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, scary stuff, which is what me and Jim were talking about before we called you guys, which is all of the converging bad news. You know, which brings up a point. Notice how everything is Palestinian this, Palestinian that. You know, anti-Semitism now leads to national policies on Islamophobia. I don't know if that happened, but I'm pretty sure there should be a national policy, policy on anti-Semitism if anti-Semitism is the problem. But let me say something, and I'm not saying this to anybody. I'm saying this to warn you and inform you. But I've spent quite a bit of time of my military career in Muslim countries believe it or not. Not most of my military career. all around the world. But I've spent some time in Afghanistan and I've spent some time in Iraq and I've spent some time in Kuwait and I've spent some time in Qatar 
they call it cutter. I refuse. Like, I'm not going to call them UAPs, right? Mm-hmm. And I talk to lots of Muslims, Shia, Sunni, I've talked to non-Muslim Iraqis, to Kurds. And do you want to know something? None of all Palestinians. It's true. It's the reason why Jordan won't take them in. It's why Egypt doesn't want to take them in. It's why Syria doesn't want to take them in. Nobody wants to help the Palestinians. Except for moments like this, where they can claim, oh, you hate the you hate the Palestinians, right? I feel like there's a correlation here. I feel like that there's another set of people that are in this exact same situation. Is that the Muslims and the Iraqis of different faiths, the Kurds, the Afghans? Anyone that you ask about Palestinians, they actually say the Palestinians are these people of the Arab world. You want to know who those are? Who? Are you interested, Jen, to know who the Palestinians are? Yes, of course. Palestinians are used the exact same way that blacks in America are used. And here's what Palestinians are to the warmongers and globalists as blacks are to the cultural Marxists and globalists. Okay. They use them as a tool to stoke hatred and dissent and division, but yet they don't actually care about them. And this can be proven by looking at black communities in America run almost exclusively by Democrats for over half a century. And yet, their lives are getting worse and worse and worse. They are killed on a regular basis by by drugs, by prison systems. Nobody cares. The very people that love to use them as the, the, the poker to stoke the fires of racial, racial hate and dissension and division in America are the exact same people that are currently right now cheering on the Palestinians. The exact same people. And they're treating the Palestinians the exact same way. This is the reality. The Democrats don't like black people. They don't like uh, immigrants coming across the southern border. You want to know how we know? Um, because when you move them there, you know, the neighborhoods that they've declared are sanctuaries for them because, you know, they love them so much that they want sanctuary for them. Except they don't want that sanctuary to be in their town, right? Yeah. This is Very the reality. True. The Palestinians are simply the modern-day tool being used to stoke war, just like the black community, long-running tool to stoke racial division in the United States. But both tools 
are being used by the exact same groups. Yes. Because, see, they want us all to hate the Palestinians for what they've done to Israel. This is a meeting narrative. While also, because they want us to also hate these liberal college kids. Why? Because they want us to get in the war. So they have to build up the boogeyman, which is who? The Palestinians. See, the Democrats, they use crime to take away our guns. But the statistics show that disproportionately crime is committed by the black community. Not that they're racially susceptible to crime. I'm not saying that. That would be totally racist, right? Mm -hmm. They're more proportionally represented in crime statistics because of the economic policies of their communities. And their communities are run by the Democrats. The very Democrats who talk about stopping crime and their solution to stopping crime is regulating legal guns. And yet all the crime being committed in the black community is mostly done with illegal guns. Well, and defunding the police you and have one minute left. giving them lesser sentences. I mean, uh, getting rid of bail. Uh, I mean, all these things. I know you don't agree right. with the bail. They're, they're used as tools, but yet they'll never say that they're using them for tools exactly like the Palestinians. And so at what point does the black community say, wake up and say, I'm tired of being used by cultural Marxists to destroy America? And at what point does the Muslim community actually admit that the Palestinians are merely just their tool to stoke the hatred against their mortal enemies, the Jews. And then everyone else is using the Palestinians to stoke hatred against the Muslim world so we can have a warmonger-manufactured Third World War. And that's just the reality. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. Okay, let's give it a couple minutes and see if he calls back. I've been wanting to show you um, just this one video, and it has to do with if we recall Jeremy's charges and his appeal, he's going Second Amendment with it, right? You can't tell me to register my firearm for tax purposes and then uh, penalize me for the length of the barrel because it says shall not be infringed okay keep that in mind as we watch this video we're looking at three felonies here this is the purpose this is my pistol with a pistol you cannot have a vertical grip you have to have a horizontal grip just like this but if you drop this thing down that that just became a felony not a felony, felony. Number two, you cannot have a stock on the back of your pistol or that is a felony. Not a felony, definitely a felony. And number three, if you guys are unfortunate and live in California or some other weird states, you cannot have a 30 round magazine or else now you got a triple felony. This is my pistol.
With a pistol, you cannot have a vertical grip. You have to have a horizontal grip. Okay. So, you know, when you put it that way, it sounds really ridiculous, doesn't it? These additional laws that they've put on the people regarding their guns. Now you have Kamala Harris saying we shouldn't have guns at all, basically, is what she's implying. The constant uh, target of the AR-style rifle, uh, quote-unquote, automatic weapon. I mean, the majority of the people talking about these things literally don't even know what they're talking about. But they want to get rid of guns. David Hogg, I mean, he's still out there yapping. But what it comes down to is that Americans have guns to protect themselves from a tyrannical government, okay? Not mass shooters, uh, not robbers. You know, I actually got into a little Twitter feud the other day with someone who's, who, um, I guess someone, there was an incident, okay? And I'm going to call them a suspect because that's what they were. Suspect came, oh, oh it was um, RFK Jr., there was a person who trespassed onto their property, but I mean, they like, you know, jumped the fence, whatever the heck. Police came, took him away, released him shortly thereafter, and he came right back. And so I got into this uh, Twitter feud uh, with someone because, of course, one of the comments uh, underneath that story was, well, this is why we have our guns. And this person started saying, now, why would you bring a gun into it? You're just going to provoke the other person. If if the, the suspect is what I'm talking about, why would you provoke the suspect if he has a gun? Why would you want to bring a gun? You're just going to make them shoot you. I was like, what are you talking about? Would you prefer to have a knife? Are you just going to be a sitting duck and be a victim while this person jumps over? You have no idea what this person's intent is. And you shouldn't be on my property. And I said, a lot of times, you know, there are levels of force. This is what a lot of people don't understand if you weren't um, in the military or in law enforcement. There are levels of force. Some people react to a verbal command, and that's enough. Other times, just displaying your weapon is enough. Other times, you have to use it. But I find it interesting that when... I see people commenting in this way. They just, the first thing in the, oh, you're going to kill him. You're, you're using your gun and you're, you're trying to kill him to death. You know, no, it's stop the threat from occurring. That's what you're doing. Okay. Um, so the laws that we have going on, just like Jeremy said, if he got into Congress, he would, I'm probably quoting him wrong here, but. Take away three laws for every one that you put on the books. It just seems like these uh, law lawmakers, that's all they do all day, I guess. Congress people, they just want to get their name on a bill. And then we end up with all of these ridiculous laws. And then you never get around to actually get getting rid of the ones that you don't need anymore. So we just have stacked up laws on our books, which... I mean, add that to the list of things we need to change. Checking on the comments here. Let's see. 
Got some comments on what's going on in the Middle East. Okay. Yeah, very hot topic, uh, and it will continue to be so. Just it, it, it definitely feels like, seems like, if you're looking at it from a bird's eye view, uh, in, again, you follow the money. And we're funding both sides of this war. And it's definitely dividing a lot of people. There's a lot of protesting going on right now. People are choosing sides, vehemently choosing sides. And uh, using a lot of emotional shock value and some other things. And of course, you know, war is terrible. And the things that are happening to these people are terrible. But also keep in mind that some of the things that they put out there, it's the fog of war, right? It's with a purpose sometimes. Allegiances are very strong right now. And then you have the vice president coming out and talking about uh, hate crimes regarding Muslims. Just last year, you have Ron DeSantis going over to Israel to do some, sign some bill or do something about anti-Semitism. So you can see this great divide. Now, the question when we talk about revelations and we talk about the apocalypse and um, the things that we're told are going to happen, you have to wonder, is it? What is the prophecy? Are they making it happen? Or is it happening just by happenstance? And if you follow the money and you see how things are set up, it doesn't seem like things are happening happenstance. Cayman 10 says, uh, Captain Bird did not give an audible warning to Ashley Babbitt, as I recall. Yeah, I sure didn't hear one. He was wearing a face mask. He says in his interview that he did, but... I didn't I didn't hear one at all. I didn't see his mouth appear to be moving either. Um, and that whole incident was just uh, I mean, that guy is untrained, uh, acts poorly under pressure and is a liar. So. There's that. Oh, one more comment. Uh, OK. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for being here. I really appreciate you guys. And uh, I hope you guys buy some of that honey. Makehoneygreatagain.com. <laughs> the code, again, is J6 Green Beret to get that $5 uh, going to Jeremy to help with his legal defense. So, and as soon as I get more information on that event for January 6th in Punta Gorda, I will definitely let you guys know, and hopefully you guys can make it. So it is Thursday. I'm going to try and get this uh, interview with Bobby Powell out tomorrow, so you guys can watch that tomorrow. Uh, Tony's working on that in the background. And there is something from that interview, let me tell you where he talks about being bribed $100,000, $200,000, and he drops names, okay, to keep his video from January 6th under wraps. So I hope you guys uh, take the time to watch that. We will drop that as soon as we can. 
Everybody have a wonderful weekend and we will see you next week. Whatever you do, don't do nothing. Good night, everybody. World domination. Same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. It was a great word.